The following is a continuation of the previous episode. Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from scripture will inspire and encourage you. In the previous episode, we talked about believing the word and speaking the word. In this episode, we explore the challenges and opportunities of doing the word, which is a focal point in the book of James. These four questions help us examine how we are acting out our belief system. What are our words doing? What are our actions doing? What are our resources going to? And are we enjoying all things richly? I want to know how I can be free. And that's what this Bible tells us. If we'll see it, if we'll spend the time to look into it and see it, it sets us free. Free to what? Free to be complete in the design that God made us. Because if we do that and we're a doer, then we'll be what? Blessed in what we do. God made the world to work a certain way. If you, if we serve others and seek their best, there's always a price to pay. You'll get taken advantage of. Um, you'll, you'll be asked for more. You'll be expected to do that. Well, uh, so, you're still blessed if you're willing to see it for what it is. The alternative is to say, well, I'm going to get my share. So now I'm pitted versus you. And where that, where's that going to end up with? Everybody in the world's pitted against everybody else in the world. So we're all cannibals. We're just eating each other. Well, who wants to live in that world, right? We want to be blessed. Verse 26. If any of you among you, if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this religion is useless. Okay, so you can say, believe, speak, do, stare intensely. Receive with meekness this implanted word. Realize that, hey, I've got problems. I'm selfish. You know, I'm self-centered. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this other-centeredness that Jesus wants me to have. I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to do it. Uh, or you can say, say you're doing, but not actually do it. You can justify yourself. See, see, this is my list, and I'm keeping my list. And then you just deceive yourself. And that is useless. To be saying you're doing, but not actually doing, is useless. Now, are we talking about going to hell? Do people go to hell for being useless? If they do, we're all going to hell, right? How many of us are not useless at least some of the time? Okay. What we're talking about is whether we are going to be blessed, life, or whether we're going to be useless, death, cursing. Whether we're going to have a fulfilled life, you know, crown of life, heir of the kingdom, or whether we're just going to be like, well, you were alive too. That's what we're talking about. It's a huge deal. And the way we can check and see how we're doing, the self-examination we can use to see, you know, how am I doing? Am I I actually believing, speaking, doing, or am I just kidding myself? 
see how you're doing with your tongue. Remember, the whole point of how you get away from this this inside uh, sin and set it aside and bring in the Word comes from uh, verse uh, 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to rest. Learn to listen. Learn to see what others see. Even if you don't agree with them, you're at least stepping aside from yourself and seeing another perspective other than yourselves. Learn to set self aside and see what others see. Well, if you can't bridle your tongue, then you're not slow to speak. If you're not slow to speak, then you're not listening. If you're not listening, you're not setting self aside. So all you're doing is justifying. See how that works? It's an easy test. What are my words doing? Can I listen? Am I always the one that has to talk? And here I am up here doing nothing but talking and no one saying anything. So I'm probably done for here. And we're going to be told later, be, don't many of you teach because you, uh, you have a higher standard. I take that very seriously. That worries me. But also we know if you know what's good to do and don't do it, that's a sin too. So I'm kind of hung out. Pray for me. (laughs) But, you know, look at your tongue. How are your words doing? Are your words creating blessing in other people? You know, Jesus spoke the word and the whole world was made. And when we believe on him, apparently, according to verse 18, he speaks the word again and we have a new creation inside of us. And what he wants us to do is speak words that create life in our spheres. But what we're more oriented towards, because we have this problem inside of us, this self-centered, is to speak words that focus attention on ourselves. That's what, we're, that's what more comes naturally, right? To speak words that get us what we want. To speak words that help us deceive ourselves that we're in control of things that we can't control. Like circumstances. I think I've mentioned this before. I'm seeing this headline everywhere. So-and-so faces uncertain future. (laughs) Well, yesterday we knew what was going to happen in the future, and today we don't know anymore. Really? Okay. There's some self-deception in that, don't you think? Does anyone actually know what the future is going to be? No, we don't know. But it's easy to deceive ourselves. If we believe, speak, do, God's way, blessing. Heirs of the kingdom, crown of life. If we speak, or believe, speak, do, what the world says, useless. Useless to who? Well, it's not useless to our sin nature. It's very functional for our sin nature. It's useless to God. Because he's speaking of religion here. That's useless religion. It's a religion. You're still believing, believing in self. It's just not going to create much that's worth any good. Here's test number two, verse 27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the fathers to do this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Well, so first is, what are your words doing? First test number one, how am I doing? How am I doing? Am I, am I receiving with meekness the implanted word? Um, or am I kidding myself? Am I deceiving myself? Well, number one is, what are your words doing? 
Evaluate in your daily life. What are your words doing? Do they come fast and create division and destruction? Well, if they do, probably not doing okay. Go back to the mirror. You, you hadn't been putting on your makeup right. Okay? Let's go back and just do some business about what's that word. Um, uh, are your words creating life and peace? Are they, to the extent they create problems, is it because you're putting truth into the, into the situation and seeking someone else's best interest and, 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 and it only comes back at you? Okay, well, that's a good thing. Am I willing to take that risk of that separation for something that's good? So it takes some judgment here, right? It takes some shrewdness, some self-examination. So that's number one. Number two is, what are you actually doing? Are you talking about doing good or are you actually doing good? Are you campaigning for other people to do good? What's wrong? You know, there's orphans in, in the world. We've got to raise taxes. Those rich people, they're not giving enough money. What's wrong with them? Is that you doing something? Or is that complaining because somebody else doesn't do something? Right? Oh, those, uh, those government programs, they stink. What's wrong, with the, what's wrong with that? Okay, fine. Well, what are we doing? Right? What are we actually doing? Are we doing something or are we just complaining? Uh, you can't fix all the problems in the world. But how about the Samaritan that's laying in the road right in front of you? You're doing something about those? Are you actually doing something? Or are you just complaining? Are you just pointing fingers? Well, which is it? Okay, well, there's another self-examination, right? Where are my resources going? Okay, look, go, go look at your checking account. This is a good self-examination. Where is my money going? How much of this is I'm, am I spending on me? You know, you've got to stay alive. So maybe make two categories. Me stay alive. Me indulge. Others. Do that exercise. That's a great self-examination. You know, what am I actually spending my efforts on? How much of these, how much of these things I'm doing are blessing other people? How much of my eating out budget is because I'm sharing with other people? Or how much of it is because I'm just uh, some other reason? That's self-indulgent. But no one else can figure this out for you. This is, not go, this is not go to someone who's judging you and ask them what you want to do. That's legalism. That's going back to under the law again. Right? There's no, there's no rules for this. If you might start making rules, okay, well, if I do this, then I'm okay. Well, now, now you've, gone back under, you've gone back under legalism again. That's not it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about self-examination and going to the Word and going to Christ and saying, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to put these resources? Me, where do you want me to put them? What, what, what do you, where do you want me to put my time? Where do you want me to put it? What words should I be saying? How, everything I have... Is something you gave me. I want to invest it wisely. What do I do? You know, the Bible tells us God gives us all things richly to enjoy. This is another good evaluation. Your money, your time. Are you enjoying it? If you have stuff that you're not enjoying, stop. Stop doing that, whatever it is. And do stuff that you enjoy. God made us to delight in doing His will. 
Maybe you're doing stuff they didn't wire you to do. And you're doing it because of guilt. God doesn't ask us to do stuff because of guilt. God asks us to do stuff cheerfully. Because that's what we want to do. And He gives us the desires. If we ask, He'll give us the desires of our heart. If we don't ask amiss, we're going to see that before too long too. And then look at, is this me or is this the world? Whose system is I, am I following right here? Whose system is this really? Because we're going to see this before too long as well. You can't choose the world and God. There is no 50-50 mix. This is oil and water. And there's no emulsion. If you're in the oil business, you'd know what I'm talking about. Okay? There, there, you can't get the two to mix. It's one or the other. It's life and death. Moses didn't say, choose this day, life and death, or there's a middle path. He said, there's two ways to go. And he's speaking to the elect of Israel who God has chosen. There's no, there's no are you going to be Israel or not? There is, what are you as Israel going to do? Are you going to be faithful or not faithful? Um, everybody's wondering, uh, what, what happens when you get to the part about the demons believing and all that kind of stuff. It's going to take a little while to get there. But let me just give you a little preview because this is something, another theme that goes all the way through the book. Look all the way over to 226. This is a, this is a picture we can put now and repeat all the way through. And we'll end on this. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Okay, Because he wants us to do, right? Believe, speak, do. And what does he want us to do? He wants to do his things that are consistent with what we believe. And he wants us to evaluate and say, if what you're doing is not what you were hoping to come out with, then maybe you ought to test what it, what it is you're believing. You know, Believing on Jesus makes us a new creation, but it was the Word of God that made that happen, not our actions. Now what we want to do is stare into that mirror and true our actions up with what God has called us to do so we can be fulfilled and blessed. Okay, So body without the spirit is dead. So here we go, body. So let's just take me. I suddenly gasp and grab my heart and fall down on the ground and turn blue and stop breathing. And everybody says, man, that's a bummer because Tim is... Dead, yes. Okay. So now we have body without the spirit. Where did my spirit go? Somewhere else, right? Went to heaven. So everybody says, Tim's in a better place. Right. So now does anybody come and say, uh, it's too bad that body doesn't exist anymore? Anybody going to say that? Is it still right there? It may not be doing anything, right? But it's there. The body's still there. The body's without the spirit, and it's dead. Now, if somebody came in and said... uh, Tim, get up and dance. What would you think? They're yeah, they're, yeah, they're kind of crazy, right? Why? The body's dead. Or do dead bodies exist? Do they dance? Not unless something really weird's going on, right? <laughs> okay, no. They don't move. They don't do anything. They're just dead. They still exist. As the body without the spirit is dead... So faith without works is dead. So faith's like a body. Does it exist pretty much no matter what? We're believers, right? We have faith. We have faith in God. We have faith in Christ. We have faith. That faith, there's nothing that can take that faith away. 
The question is, is it doing anything? Is it alive? What makes the faith stand up and walk and dance? Doing stuff. Believe, speak, do. See, the faith is dead if it's not doing something. So this is a unified theme. All through. He doesn't suddenly go off in chapter 2 and go off into some tangent. All the way through this book, he's saying, Look, I want you to see with reality your difficulties you have. There's, those are just circumstances. Those aren't the problem. The problem's inside. How do you fix that? Receive the law of liberty and make yourself free from sin, free from the world. How do you do that? Speak it. Do it. But what is that doing? Is that making you a Christian? No, it's not making you a Christian. Jesus' word did that. He spoke it. What is it doing? It's making you fulfilled to where you can fulfill this royal law, where you can be the person who loves your neighbor. And that's fulfilling what God made you to do, and that's the blessing. And that's going to lead not only to blessing in this life, but to win the crown of life and to receive the heirship of the throne of God. There's this amazing rewards for doing this. And not doing it just makes you useless and broken and devastated. Don't do that. Okay? So we're going to get the same message all through James. All right? God, thank you for your word. And I thank you that you have given us reality here that the problem's inside of us. I pray that you'll help us see, see with the reality and be good at self-evaluating whether we are following your way or world's way, not out of legalism, not out of obligation, not out of guilt, not to satisfy somebody else, but to please you, Lord, to walk in the way you've given us by faith and seeing what you have given us to do cheerfully and with blessing and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening.